everybody, and welcome to another episode of Tech While You Trek. I am your host, Adam, and today we're here to talk about Agile Metrics with Zach Sachin. Introduce yourself a little bit. Tell us how long you've been with the firm and what your role is. I've been with the firm for just over nine years, and my current role is the competency lead within healthcare for application and emerging technology. Well, then let's dive right in, Zach. Tell me what Agile metrics are. At the most basic level, I would say they are measurements by which someone could reflect to see how they're doing as it relates to their Agile transformation. It spans from beginner to expert. There's activation metrics. So as you're starting out on a journey, you measure certain things in terms of your Agile transformation. And then as you're going along, you want to make sure you're getting benefits. So there's performance metrics, right? They're more outcome-orientated metrics. But I would say there's kind of those two major buckets. Well, it must be difficult to develop metrics for a process that is inherently, by definition, different every time you undertake it. How do you have a yard pole when you don't know the distance you're going? What you do in terms of the outcomes you're trying to achieve for a business or a technology effort are different, but there's behavior metrics. So an example of that would be, are we having stand-ups? If you're just getting an organization going, a group of scrum teams going, you want to make sure they're kind of going through what we call these ceremonies because that's a behavior change. So once they get into that, that's good, right? And so we want to kind of count the number of those and kind of make sure people are doing them. After that happens, you kind of move on. Another key thing to understand here about Agile metrics is that they're transient. They're time-based. So if you're just getting started, you're going to use different things than you would if you're in the middle of your journey or if you're towards an end where you're an expert or something like that. Can we talk a little more specifically about why Agile metrics are so important? For our clients and why it's important is they want to understand where they are, just as many people do with any transformation journey they're taking, whether it's Agile or something else. It's a way to understand how you're maturing, how sophisticated you are, and where you need to work, right? Where are there gaps? Talk to me about the process by which you sort of develop Agile metrics. How you develop it is you look at where someone's at. Are they easy? I'd say early on they're easier because, it's again, it's more of those activation metrics. How many scrum teams do we have? We call them vanity metrics because they're important to understand in a large organization because they help understand if people are actually forming. Right. There's the forming, storming, norming concept, right? Where it gets harder is there's an efficiency play with Agile. And so when we start to measure that, often clients will ask us, well, great, how many less people do I need? And we said, well, that is one option. But the other thing is you can put more through the system, right, in terms of output. The biggest thing to make that easier, because they're harder, right, those performance metrics, as I call them, the big thing there is getting a baseline. And we see a lot of people kind of ignore that or don't want to spend the time establishing a good baseline. And therefore, when we actually get them their current metrics, it's hard to judge how far they come because they don't have it. So the good news is we have a lot of examples. We can say, look, these are other companies. So we did a study of around 50 companies, and we looked at how long it took to improve those metrics over time. It's kind of a benchmark of sorts. And that way, these executives can say, oh, okay, I'm on track with the average, or you know, it's kind of like the SAT score. What's the average <laughs> score? So then let's get a little more specific. Talk to me about some ways in which you've used Agile metrics to help transform a client's organization. So one example that comes to mind is a $100 billion Fortune 100 client. And they were trying to do an agile transformation enterprise-wide. In terms of how we helped them, we started in IT, which is always interesting when you say we want to do an enterprise agile transformation because the way we look at that is that would include the business. It's, It's not just IT. We said, that's fine. Let's start here. And we started looking at what I'd call those activation metrics transformation, kind of the vanity ones. As some teams started to mature, we started getting more into performance and outcomes. And 
that's where I'd say there was a lot more traction and excitement amongst executives in terms of, okay, that's what I've been looking for. We help them determine how much training do I need to provide. Well, if you're not getting people adopting this and they don't have the fundamentals, again, that's more of an activation metric, but it helps you say, geez, you know what? We're asking these people to do it and they haven't had the training. The other one on the performance front is around testing. We know roughly when something goes to production and it's a defect, how much it costs the organization. So there's a dollar figure, which is what executives typically love to see. And so that way we can quantify it and say, is it worth investing this much money to go reduce the testing defects. Well, it depends how big our testing defects are. How much are they costing us? So that's where those metrics are really important. Geez, you know what? If we actually involve the business more upfront in these requirements and our user story creation and the acceptance criteria, it actually stops a lot of these requirement defects. One other example is where we helped, and this was also another large client, but it was small in the sense of it was a very specific piece of software. They weren't looking for a company-wide yeah. shift. They were looking yeah. for something more Ex- tailored. Exactly. They wanted to use Agile to deliver a large insurance platform. I think the executives were like, yeah, we'll put them in training and we'll get Agile and it'll be great. And it's like, no, people need time to change, back to the transformation metric. And then, yes, as an executive, you should expect those changes to yield some performance improvements. And so that's why it's really important to kind of have both of those buckets. The other thing that's nice about carving them out that way is that it highlights to leaders that you need to give people time to learn how to do new things. It's no different than if you got a trainer. And we kind of perform in a similar way in terms of how we can assist our clients along these lines. And again, agile metrics are a big piece of getting that person healthy, if you will. Why is it so challenging to be successful with agile (laughs) metrics. There's a lot of levers that you can look at. There's a lot of metrics you can look at. And I talked about, again, these high-level ones of faster time to market, higher quality, lower cost of development, things like that, right? Because you're making less errors and mistakes. But there's a bunch of submetrics underneath of that. And to get those high-level metrics, you really have to understand which are those submetrics are the ones that you're going to keep an eye on because you can't keep an eye on all of them, nor should you. And so where we help, I think, is creating that focus and that logic and that story around why invest in bringing this metric up or down and what is it going to get you from those three high-level ones I mentioned. Those are the macro ones that I think really attract people to thinking about doing a natural transformation. Well, so... Wrap a bow around all this for me. What are some final thoughts on Agile metrics? What are some takeaways? Just start doing. And you'll likely make mistakes. But again, that's part of Agile, which is it's okay. What's not okay is the definition of insanity, which is, oh, let's try this again. I think something was right. Something will change this time. Yeah. It's like, no, you did it the same way. We often say we use Agile to be Agile. So when you're trying to create these metric programs, we have four dart throws. We're not going to hit the bullseye every throw. But we should at least hit the dartboard because we're using the information around us to inform how we go and create a metrics program for a client. And then I think the other thing is there's a lot of people that are interested in agile metrics in the industry. So I would encourage people to go explore and learn. And don't just rely on your internal community. Rely on the external community as well because often the people that work in this space are very passionate about what they do. Because of that, they share a lot of the mistakes they made so people can learn from that. And there's search engines out there and people could go look for this. And so they're going to see other models that they may think, oh, this one will fit my company. Perhaps, but make sure you carefully look at that. Because if you try to adopt something that 
just because a company has developed a successful agile model doesn't mean that that means it'll that be that... successful for you. Right. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, this goes back to kind of you know the whole idea of agile metrics. How do you create yard markers when you don't know how far, how fast you're trying to run? My advice is, look, let's focus on these macro goals, back to efficiency, time to market, and quality, and are we moving the needle in the right direction? If you want to move it faster, there's ways you can do that. We looked at 50 different companies or so and how fast they could move forward with maturity and in getting some of these benefits that I'm describing at a metric level. And there were four big things that really made a difference. One was the size of company, and there's not much you can do about that. Leadership and funding and existing culture. If leadership changes their mindset, that's where the culture typically stems from. I think most people would agree. To give people training and time, well, that equates to what I bucketed under funding. Now, the size of company, you can't do much about it, but you could break off a smaller team or an experiment within it. So you kind of create a company within a company, and that's a way you can kind of chip away at that one a little bit, which is less pliable in terms of trying to change your entire company and measure that transformation. Zach, are you ready to answer some rapid-fire questions before I get you out of here? I'm ready. We need you to get psyched. Right? Yeah, all right. I am psyched. <laughs> what is your one bold prediction for technology in the year 2040? We will be able to build digital products and solutions through narrative versus developers. What is your favorite source for new technology information? I like market-facing university magazines. I won't name all of them, but folks that are listening can probably conjure some of those up. What makes someone a leader in the digital age? Courage and willingness to learn, humility, and unrelenting will and passion. A combination of those things are going to get you very far. Well, and I think you kind of touched on it with your first answer, but where would you like to see PwC's capabilities be in 2040? I would like to see them be more socially aware. Our purpose is to build trust in society and solve important problems. In short, I would like to see technology doing more of that in an automated way, in an empathetic way that still has a very human connection side to it. Zach Sachin, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. This has been Tech While You Trek. I have been your host, Adam, and we will talk to you next time. This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.